and we are testing. Here we, we are testing. We we, we are, are testing. testing. Speed test. Testing. Still testing. Testing, still testing. 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 We are still testing. Speed testing. Do you like the white lightsaber? I do. Kinda. I do, I do too. You don't think it'd be better if she had some colors? Orange. Speaking of that, do you think Balin's really a bad guy? His he's lightsaber's kind of orange. I think he's very conflicted. Yeah. His lightsaber's orange. Well, his lightsaber is orange. So he's not, he might he, not be a Sith. I think he's closer to the dark than the light, but I don't think he's full full bad. I think he's there's a reason why. I mean, he's he's doing something for... And, and I heard an interesting well, theory. Red that, and blue make purple, so maybe he may have and I, and some dark. And stuff. I heard an interesting theory that maybe, because we've never seen, because we've seen a lot of, like, Order 66, the Padawan survive, but the Masters kind of die. Yeah. What if it's the other way around where he saw his Padawan die? And... That, that would screw someone up. This is going to be a nice little uh, question for the end there. Hello, everyone, and welcome back for another episode, another visit to the Awesome Village. My name is Greg, and joining me is... Ryan. John. I'm Glenn. So, gents, what have you been up to? Oh. Same old. Fantasy football and TikToking. Yeah. Yeah, football's back, thank God. Yeah. Watching some football. And I started watching... For some reason, I kept getting a lot of... In my reels on on the Facebook, a lot of clips from Game of Thrones. So about a week and a half ago, I started watching that again, and I'm kind of flying through it. Football is coming. Yeah, I did as well. Um, I I was seeing like videos yeah. on on X, just like of clips from the show. Why did you say it like the Joker? Because that's how we. Because all I can't I can't call it Twitter anymore, but I can't. Just... I call it that. I, in fact, I have not updated the app on my phone just so that it still looks just like. I didn't Twitter. update it. I didn't update it either. It just showed up on my phone one day when I got up, and I was like, "What the hell?" So, is I mean, this? But what do you like? You You've don't tweet anymore. Through. What do you X? It marks the spot. But anyway, I saw I, I saw a bunch Three of X. Like, <laughs> for whatever reason, a bunch of clips were popping up on my feed, and yeah, I started rewatching it. I'm only in the early part of the first season. That's because X won't give it to you. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I, I rewatched Andor. I just started that again too. I've been I, going through my Star Wars timeline. <clears throat> um, so I now know what you said, but initially I thought you said Nandor, and I was like, <gasps> "He's got his own show." That would be great. It would be phenomenal. I would. I Have would you watch ever heard him show. like speak normally? Yeah, he's a British dude. Like as Nandor, it's quite unsettling. <laughs> There's clips on the Instagram for what we do in the shadows of him like being interviewed as Nandor. It's hilarious just seeing him talk like a normal person. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about that show. Uh, anything else you guys have, have been up to? Uh, not really. I, uh, hmm. I'd like to. I want to get to Wendy's. They got a new burger. I want to try. You guys heard about this thing? Well, we no. I don't usually have a good reason to go back to Wendy's. Either. We we, we we literally. I went through the drive through at Wendy's yesterday only to get a frosty though. Because that there's no better reason. <laughs> but I, I, I had never tried. I, I just, had never tried the strawberry one. Oh yeah, my fiance loves it. It's so good. They've got some kind of like loaded nacho burger or something. It's got like tortilla strips on it and like a queso. And it's supposed to be really good. I've heard some good reviews on it. I was just excitedly informed by my wife that the uh, the Taco Bell taquitos are back for a limited time. Yeah, they don't call them taquitos, though. They're what do they ro- call them? They're rolled tacos. Rolled tacos, <laughs> which are pretty much the definition of a taquito. I, I actually could, could, I, I just got some, actually, just because there was just one night, the way dinner shaped up, it, it tended to be a Taco Bell night. And I just ordered a bunch of stuff. And I got those because I saw them. I didn't really, I've never had them before. I didn't think they were that great. Um, by the way, uh, one of the guys at work uh, was talking about getting what he referred to as the Berea tacos they have at Taco Bell. They're gone already. Well, he, he was talking about how, I said, yeah, I heard that they're, like, they're expensive for like what they are. And he goes, well, that's the thing, but when you elevate the, the taco oh, like God. that. And I was like, I'm just not talking to you anymore. <laughs> he doesn't know what he's talking about. 
No, I've had Berea tacos. Actually, if you go to Los Jefes, they have Berea uh, quesadillas. But what I'm seeing of them, because I've never had one, I've always wanted to, but it looks like they've got a pretty hefty amount of meat in them. Yeah, because it's like a, a, a slow-cooked meat in right. a sauce. These tacos are just like normal-sized Taco Bell tacos with that meat instead of the ground beef. So it's not like an overwhelmingly differently amount of food. Yeah. No. That's gone anyway. Taco Bell doesn't have them anymore. Ain't no. that normal. Greg, you ate some hot pot? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I've been wanting to do this for a while, um, and I, I, there was a restaurant that I found that opened in in Metairie, uh, and I was like, oh, we got we got to go do this. And my wife and I kept trying to make plans. Well, a, a friend of mine, happy birthday, Caitlin. Uh, it was her birthday, and she wanted to do that, so we all went. Um, originally, it was going to be twelve people, and then people started canceling, so it wound up being like five of us. But uh, did you still have a table for twelve? No, we didn't. Oh, okay. It would have been funny if we did. <laughs> um, but it's kind of like so. It's it's a Chinese concept, like like they do this in China. But you go and it's almost like a melting pot. Like there's a broth you pick, and there's like six different ones. I got the spicy butter, and then there's a buffet of different uh, items, and you go and you get them in your little thing, and you cook them in the the hot pot. And then there's a robot that brings you appetizers. The same robot brought Caitlin a piece of cheesecake and sang happy birthday to her. <laughs> happy birthday, Caitlin! And it was kind of awesome. <laughs> it, it did kind of look. Like, I have video I can show you. Um, <laughs> But uh, Was yeah, it like Polly Robot from from Rocky Four, a shorter version, yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Um, Happy birthday, Caitlin. I got a, I got a lot of questions here. Um, uh, so go, just go with your questions. Di- just getting dizzy. <laughs> can, can you tell me the price range? Twenty nine ninety nine. Okay, so it's eat. better and more affordable than the ridiculous melting pot. It is, and also you you have an hour and a half limit. A limit. Yeah. So you have to leave. It's all you can eat. Oh, okay. so you got so it's all you can eat in ninety minutes. And so. if you don't like, if you leave stuff on the table, they'll charge you. So it just tries to, to get you to pace it. But it's really cool because there's a there's seafood, there's you know land food, where, where was vegetables. That, it's uh, on North Turnbull, off Veterans. Okay, it's basically right past the uh, the Barnes and Noble. There's the like the car dealerships in the bank, and it's right down. So there, in like, Metairie, Louisiana. Yeah. Okay. Um, kind of around the Applebee's. Yeah, uh, in that area. Bees. But uh, but essentially, like when when you're you're there, like you get to pick all the stuff you want. Um, and they bring the broth out, and each table has like you know each person gets their broth. So I had the spicy butter, and you you turn it on, and it just boils, and then you put stuff in, and it cooks really fast. Um, but as always happens, the menu had some misspellings, and I got to try their delicious potatoes, um, <laughs> which were great. Uh, and there's also a sauce bar, so you can you know make your own sauces, and there's recipes on the wall. For the different sauces. I gotta be honest with you, it sounds like a lot of work to go eat at this place. <laughs> it, it, it is not. I actually have to show you uh, pictures of it, but like, there's literally like uh, blue crab. I mean, they I, have like I the crab clusters. Sauce. Got to cook my own food. Yeah, you don't have to make your own sauce. Spellings of everything. I mean, there's I mean, spellings whenever you I'm, go I'm, to. Some, it, yeah, we went to Hot once, and I saw on the menu it had soft shell crap. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of convinced that they misspelled the name of that restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> the Hot. I think it was supposed to be the China Hut. And they, they fucked up the spelling. Um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a cool place. I, I really want to go back and I want to try the different broths. There's a gumbo broth they have, um, like a spicy beef broth. So is it Japanese ones. or Chinese or Korean? It's it's, a, it's for like the Asian area, but I think it's it's primarily it it's a concept from China. Okay. A lot of the, the stuff that they have there seems like it's it's China. Yeah, influence. I've seen on like bizarre foods with Andrew Zimmer, and like when he went to China, like there was a that type of thing. It wasn't. I don't think they made their own salt, but it was like a like a they all had a like a broth in front of them that they cooked everything in or whatever. Um, yeah, you don't. I mean, the, the sauce bar is really cool. You don't have to do it, but it's uh, yeah. you can go put together stuff there. Actually, just I all I did, I didn't make a sauce. I just grabbed chili oil 
And he used chili oil. Did you find some sriracha? Because you can't find that there's, shit anywhere. There's sriracha there. And there's most a, there's of, a big uh, sriracha shortage. Um, we got some um, Trader Joe brand sriracha. The the one with the little bird on it? Yeah. You can't find it right now. It's like there's some kind of big shortage in California with the peppers. Hmm. Yeah, we need to make a night and go. I think you would enjoy it, Ryan. I was in Baton Rouge over the weekend. I didn't get a chance to eat here, but I did drive past this place. It's an Asian fusion, Asian fusion restaurant that's called Chow Yum Fat. And I thought that was... That's brilliant. Was like, that's the most awesome name for a restaurant. Like the replacement killer? Yeah, but yum instead of young. That, Corruptor comedy? That's right. Awesome sauce. Well, Ryan's going to tell us how to catch a killer. Really? That's a movie. Oh. Oh, it's it? in the TV section. I put it in the TV section. It's a movie. We Disregard that. We'll talk, about, talk it about it later. Ryan, tell us about your time in the silo. Oh yeah, so you guys have been recommending that show, and uh, I finally got to. Well, I, I think technically John has because I haven't, yeah. I haven't seen. I haven't seen it either. Really? Just you must have made an impression on me then, because I remember you talking about it. But anyway, I, I gave it a look see, um, and I've gone past the Glenn rule. We're on like episode six, I think. There's ten. It's a, it's a really good show. Um, I think there's a lot of plot points that are kind of make no sense. Um, like the, there was a scene where part of the silo was like overheating and everybody's like oh shit we're, what are we going to do we're, the thing's going to explode and then one person's like well, let's just put a hose on it spray with water and I was like well that can't be the, the only solution to this thing like, but anyway there's little things did like it, that did it work? it, it, it held it together <laughs> long enough to where they could fix it but not exactly Montgomery Scott <laughs> I know it, but it's it's really fascinating and the story is really good but um, they did talk about how it's basically just putting a band-aid on the problem well, and that yeah, well that whole thing that they did, they were trying to like stop that and actually completely correct the problem. But um, it's very well acted. That's the best thing I could say about this show. Common is, is so good, and man, he's, that, a, he's uncommon. No, and he's got a he's got an uncommon a luscious beard. Like I, you would not believe. He's I, I just for a guy who's bald to have such a, a luscious amount of hair in his face. It's just fascinating. <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit creeped out right now. I've got to tell you. But anyway, I think he's a really good actor. And Tim Robbins, I swear to God, he's aging like Paul Rudd, arguably. Just he's gray. He looks just like he did in the Shawshank Redemption, just with gray hair. Um, but I, I think the show is very addictive. I'm Rebecca just. Rebecca Ferguson is great, is it? Yeah, she still yeah. creeps me out because I always she think of. creep me out. No, that, no, no, no the, you're the, wrong. The, the, the vampires. Mm-hmm. From um, Doctor Sleep. Yeah. Did yeah. any of you guys see Doctor Sleep? I've not. Oh, uh, I can't get her out of my have head. You ever, have I you can't get her out of my head. Have either. you watched the um, the director's version? That's supposed to be harder, hard, more hardcore. More hardcore yeah. than? Oh my god! No, I didn't even know uh, it was out. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll we'll have, have to look for it. But oh my god! Yeah, she she terrified me in that movie because she was so gorgeous and so scary. I mean, that, that was but that, uh, that was a brutal scene with the old trombone. Oh, kid. yeah, that was rough. But that she's really good in Silo. Um. And another thing about Silo is it's like Game of Thrones-esque where you don't know which characters are going to be the main characters because they start dropping like flies. But uh, it's really good. I'd recommend it. Apple TV. And um, it is. And I've told, I've told Ryan because, I mean, I finished the whole season. Um, it kind of has that lost thing where as things get answered, more questions arise. And they do answer a lot of questions. But Well, it, it kind of sounds like they're in the hatch from Lost. Yeah. A little, I mean, yeah. And it does end with kind of a cliffhanger, but it has been renewed for another season, which is so... When we get that, I have no idea with the, uh, the strikes. Yeah, unless they're Drew Barrymore. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Poor Drew. She's taking it in her teeth. Well, these I've days. heard not about this. Tell me. She's, she, 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 she crossed the picket she, line. Well, she didn't oh. technically cross the picket line. Technically. So what she did is she's going to start m- making her show again. But 
the writers who she had from the Writers Guild who would write stuff, they're just not going to do those segments. So basically she's, from what I understood, she's trying to pay like the people who aren't in the Writers Guild who aren't, who can't work. But they're not going to do scripted stuff. And man, let the, me the tell Writers you, Guild is the not. writers are not having any of it. They are like, they are mm. tearing her apart. Well, then, well, and did you hear about the two people she had? Like, well, I don't know if it was her, or one of the producers. They like ejected people from her audience that yeah, were wearing. I heard about that. They were wearing WGA, like, because they had to walk through the picket line, like the 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 people in the audience. And when they were walking through the picket line, a bunch of the writers had like buttons that say "I support the strike," and two of them put put the buttons on. And when they went and sat down, some people came and basically it's like you you can't stay. So so yeah, she's a, so the two the, the two people that flew to New York to go see Drew Barrymore ended up on the picket line. <laughs> wow, she's a I don't know I don't know what she was. I I I get what she was thinking, but I I think yeah I mean I I mean I understand the concept of yeah you want to pay this crew. But maybe when, you should pay the crew. When then. you're somebody like Drew Barrymore, and, and you've got like this TV sh- this TV show that you do, and I know she had to discuss this with some people. They had to expect some blowback. How did they think that this was going to go over smooth or something? Like, no other show is doing this. They're nope. the only ones. Yeah. Oh. Because I think they're in the last strike. Didn't I'm trying to? Then a bunch of them just like pay the the crew members like. They just continue paying their salary. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think, did, did Jay Leno, did he, like, pay it out of his own pocket or something? Probably. Yeah. There, I, Sounds like something Actually, I saw an interview with him recently, and they talked about how basically what he did was he, uh, when he got, like, a raise or something like that, he's like, this is ridiculous for me to have all these. Like, I have enough money. Yeah. So he basically took a bunch, and he, like, paid the crew extra. Do you guys him. still watch late night TV? Not really. Me neither. Every now and again, we'll watch a, a Colbert when we're going to bed if somebody's on that we're interested in. It's not the same. I, I mean, I used to, I could, I'd never miss like either Leno or Letterman. Yeah. I'd always watch one of the two. It's just not the same as it used to be. I think a lot of it too is like Fallon, especially. He does like a variety show almost, and it's well, fine. Well, but he's a lot in of those, too. he's in trouble too. Yeah. Well, yeah, but a lot of it's like those clips are things that you. I'd rather watch the clips from it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Seth Meyers too. It's almost like he's doing Weekend it, Update. It's like a series of YouTube videos instead of a show, right? Yeah, and yeah. that's that's fine. So I could digest them that way. I don't have to watch the entire show. Um, and it's kind of funny because even like, I think the shape of like media is kind of changing. And for me, I. I follow more regularly YouTube channels than I do a lot of yeah, other you things. You think there's too many? No, I mean, I, that, the thing that I love about it is there's variety. I don't have to pay for a cable package where I can... Yeah. I just follow the things I want to follow and I watch what I want to watch. So I kind of, in a way, almost prefer it. Okay. Um, but also, uh, I kind of was looking around. I've been trying to find things to help me uh, in language learning a bit better. So I looked on Netflix and a couple other things for things in, in French. So I found on Netflix, after watching a movie that I'll talk about later, um, a series called L'Agence. Um, and basically it's What's this... What's it mean? It means the agency. Oh. Um, and it's a family that lives in the outskirts of Paris. This is a, a documentary series. It's a, it, this is a real... These people are doing this. But they're a, a family that has a real estate agency, and they focus on higher-end properties. So the whole show is basically about this family, like, uh, you know, in their different... You know, we we have this property. We're going to show it to people, and just kind of about their life. So, is it like a HGTV, that's like what, Property Brothers? Thing? Yeah, that sounds not, like not not exactly. It's no. it's it's a. Uh, it sounds like an HGTV show in French. I, I think it's more evenly divided between like their actual life and the the other stuff's kind of like a backdrop almost. 
And the family's really interesting. There are four sons um, and a mom and dad. The mother was like a school teacher, and the dad was like he just quit his job, and they decided to try this out. Um, and they have this very funny kind of grandmother. It it kind of reminds me of Christy knows best, but but you know, minus the crime <laughs> <laughs> to a degree. But it's it's just it's hard to explain. It's a it's an interesting kind of look. I don't normally watch those Property Brothers type shows, but oh, I've seen like three episodes <laughs> of this. I fucking hate HGTV. <laughs> well, because well, it's the same show over and, and over, over and over. The ends. the last uh, like episode that I watched, they're doing a um a, a party at their house for well the, the parents' house for the, their clients. And earlier in the season, they were trying to find this woman who runs a, a lingerie brand, uh, a house and an office, but she, they wound up not being able to do it, so she's still looking for that. But she decides to throw this party, and on in, in the party, there's like lingerie models and stuff like that, you know, just doing like providing entertainment. And there's this one scene where the grandmother walks through the door, and there's a woman dancing in lingerie on the pole, and she just looks over and is like, hmm, <laughs> she just keeps walking. And I laughed for about 10 minutes. <laughs> and they're like, oh, look, uh, she, she saw the, the lady on the pole. I'm like, yeah. Um, but this is a cool little thing. The only problem, this isn't something you can put on in the background because you have to pay attention to the subtitles. But it kind of threw me for a loop because at one part, uh, they're in Ibiza, and this guy's trying to, like, they're, they're, they need an extra property. So the guy, he's like, I'm going to meet this, this dude that I went, uh, met on a backpacking trip, trip uh, through Europe. So I'm thinking I was going to meet the Spanish guy. They meet the guy, and all of a sudden, the, the brother starts talking in English. And I'm like, wait, 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 what? <laughs> and he's married to a woman from the Philippines who only speaks English. So it's just this really interesting, yeah. But I, I had a, a lot of fun with it. I, uh, if, you're, if you're okay with subtitles, it's definitely an entertaining I mean, entertaining according to Colin Farrell and in Bruges, everyone speaks English. No. <laughs> <laughs> you really hate HGTV? Oh, I hate it so bad. Really? It's on. I can't deal Karen with it. Karen watches a lot. Just some of them. I don't, I, there's a lot of shows that I dislike on it, but some of them don't bother. What if Simon the Devious produced the show? Can't deal it's with not, it. Yeah, Sandra loves the um, My Lottery Dream Home. It's just the same shit. It's I, don't, like, I don't mind My Lottery Dream I don't, Home. I don't really mind that one too bad. I, I love the guy that hosts it. Like, you can, He's awesome, you, yeah. You can tell how old the show is, the episode is, because when the guy first started, he had like a few tattoos, and as the show has gone on, he's now got tattoos that are like all kind of tigers and stuff. They go all the way up his neck and to the side of his face. And it's like, so just depending on how high his tattoos go, you know how old it is. Which, yeah. which of the, the Property Brothers is still alive? Is that... They're both alive. One of them's about to marry Zooey Deschanel. Oh, one of them one drained from the vampire? No. <laughs> Brian didn't like that episode of that show. Either. You really didn't? No. no. I thought that was a great episode. Oh, that was hilarious. Let's stop yeah. talking about HGTV. It's not worth talking. It's, it's really I, I hurting did, him. I did stop watching My Lottery Dream Home, though, when Karen got excited because there was going to be one. It's going to be in Lafayette. And they show this guy. I'm like, oh, how much did you win? How much are you going to spend? $120,000. I'm like, I don't want to watch this shit. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, a Lottery Dream Home should be like, I want to spend $2 million right now. Yeah. I don't know. Like, Sandra, she, she, she loves the HGTV Karen stuff. Does too. But I think, so David Zasloff, before he was the CEO of Warner Brothers, was just the CEO of Discovery and he mm -hmm. took care of HGTV and Food Network. And I think since he became the. CEO of all of Warner Brothers, I don't think he cares that much about. No. Because if you look at it, it's like, and I love Food Network, but it's like Guy Fieri on all day. Like, the, it, like the shows, there's not, there's no variety of shows anymore on, just, on either it's, show. It's on mostly e reruns. Yeah, of that of Food Network and HGTV. Yeah. So, but anyway, that's that wasn't what we were talking about. Yeah, they had, they had to rebuild Flavortown. That's right. Well, Flavortown's what's keeping the Food Network going. Yeah. Um. Hey Yahoo! Uh, yes, so, so me and Sandra kind of like our we we love we love game shows. Well, you know, something fun, you know. We'll put on. We'll kind of play along. We'll, 
We Love America Says and all this stuff on the Game Show Network. And we um, kind of came across this new one. It just started, I think it was either last week or the week before, called Hey Yahoo. It's hosted by Tom Cavanaugh, which I, I always like Tom Cavanaugh. And um, the premise of the show is pretty interesting. It's two teams of three, and the show starts with like a, uh, a half of the first half of a question, and you have to guess what people searched Yahoo for. So it'd be like, uh, what are the top ten blank? And there will be like a first letter. So they have to fill in the, the Yahoo search. And it's funny because if um, they run the whole board and complete them all, you hear that Yahoo! <laughs> it's... Wait, Glenn told me about this the other day. I forgot that Yahoo used to have these commercials. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. But um, it's a fun show, especially to watch with your, your spouse or your significant other. Just It's it's silly, and it's kind of just... I, I do like that the whole show, uh, it, it kind of turns on the axis of the premise that uh, that people actually use Yahoo as a search engine. Right. So, like I said, it's... I mean, it's kind of like, you know, Beach Shazam kind of thing, where it's a backhanded commercial for the service. But it's a fun show, and like I said, I always like Tom Cavanaugh. So, it's on the Game Show Network. I'm not sure when it comes on, it just kind of... Yeah. Things on the Game Show Network, you'll just kind of randomly come across them. But this one, it's very charming. I like Tom Cavanaugh, too. Yeah. Did you see the, the previews for that new David Spade uh, game show? It's, it's called Snake Oil. I have not. That actually looks pretty good. It comes on, I think, towards the end of the month. And it's almost like a Shark Tank kind of thing. But these people come out with these products and explain all these products and why you should be interested in these products. And it turns out that some of them are fake, and you have to guess which ones are fake. That actually sounds awesome. Yeah, I was like, that's pretty interesting. I want to kind of watch it with you guys. And try to... It comes out, I think, at the end of the month. Well, um, Master and Apprentice, Ryan, you going to talk about this? There's not much to really talk about. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Oh, well, thanks for writing it on the list. I, I, I watched it, too. It, it's basically a little nine-minute short that was on Disney+. Plus. I thought it was going to be a documentary. It's about sort of a little bit of the behind-the-scenes of Ahsoka. A little. It's kind of like the background of the yeah. show, alone. And it's mostly just about the relationship between masters and apprentices in Star Wars lore. But I thought the thing, and I mean, it's kind of like a special feature you would have found on a Blu-ray, but I thought it was funny how they wove in the mass, like George Lucas as being the master and Dave Filoni's the apprentice. Yeah, that know. was kind of cool. Yeah. But well, I mean, that's basically all it is. It's only nine minutes long. Um, yeah, it gives you, uh, the thing that pisses me off is I finished watching it and now it won't come off my continued watch list on Disney+. Plus. I can't get it to go away. It's very frustrating. You can't like hold your finger down on the thing and remove just- it? Or just like let it play again. I did. I I rewound it and I tried all that. I didn't. I didn't know about holding it down. I will have to try that. Well, you, typically, if you hold the button and you get other on, options, on the, if you watch it on your phone, yeah. Okay, I'll it. try that. Uh, well, apparently Ryan thought this this season has been on for a bit, but Glenn and I got to experience the joy of season four of Star Trek Lower Decks. That's right. The two episodes. It was a two episode premiere, which was um, a pleasant surprise. It was. So the first two episodes were um, two Vix, T-W-O-V-I-X, and I have no bones, yet I must flee. So um, the season premiere was two Vix, and so what did you think of okay, two Vix? Okay, so here's the thing. You and I love the character of two Vix. Um, and I, pe- I didn't realize how heated discussions got about two Vix. I didn't realize online. it either, but here we are. Um, the thing about... Uh, about this, if for those of you who don't know, on Star Trek Voyager, there was a transporter accident that combined two characters. One of them really annoying, and one of them a Vulcan. Um, 
and they became a new character called Tuvix. Yeah, because it was Tuvok and, tu- and, and Neelix. And the new character was fucking cool. I liked him better, and they should have kept him. And it was kind of funny that it also merged their clothes. So yeah. it was like the Starfleet colors, but it looked like Neelix's old flower, cheetah print, yeah. flowerly shirt. Yeah. Um, and the whole premise of the episode is they've created this new being with these personality traits. Um, and the only way to get the other two back is to technically kill. Yeah, yeah they had to reverse. They the had to prior. execute Tuvix. Yeah. So, um, you know, he's building relationships and friends and things like that. So this episode uh, has their, the, the, Vo- the, the Voyager starship is being moved to become a, a, a museum music, piece. Yeah. And they're basically there as well, a second contact mission to help it out. And, of course, in transporting everything, the orchid <laughs> that created Tuvix uh, has a leaf that gets out and combines uh, the doctor and the, the chief engine, engineer yeah, yeah, yeah. into this, this character. And then it starts where, because they know the history of Tuvix, they're worried that they're going to take them out, so they start to just Tuvix everyone. And I love it that every single person, well, the one that they turn Tuvix into a verb. Yeah. And two, everybody that they Tuvix has a little flowery pr- pattern <laughs> yeah. on their clothes. Um, so, as, as you mentioned, this is a very Voyager-heavy premiere. So, if you're a Star Trek fan but did not watch Voyager, you may not get a lot of these jokes. But it's still funny. But if you're a Voyager fan, you're going to laugh a lot. I, at least I think. I, I really enjoyed this episode. The second one, too... Uh... Second one, I think, was a bit more of the standard lower decks episode where, um, you know, it's not so much focused on one, like spoofing one, like vo- all Voyager. Like, right. This one's the very silly premise uh, with a lot of Easter eggs. Yeah, there's like a menagerie and some humans are in it, so they got to go pick the humans up. And, and uh, the humans are dressed like the children in that ep- Pulaski episode where she grew really old. The less said about Pulaski, the better. Uh <laughs> But yeah, and, and there's a, a little character, the Moopsie. Yeah. Moopsie. That apparently uh, is a bone vampire. They're like, how do you how do you suck out people's bones and then it jumps at someone and does it? And it's uh yeah, I I really like that episode too. Th- I'm glad the show is back. I was telling you when we went to go see the movie we're going to talk about in a bit. Uh, I, I'm like the shows that I'm I'm keeping up with have kind of cycled out. Like we'll be talking about you know a couple of those shows in just a second. But it's good to kind of have something that's starting again and something right. that's so full of just fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, and I'm glad. I'm sure that they felt a little bit of pressure because I'm sure more people tuned into this because of the exposure, because of the Strange New Worlds crossover. So I'm glad that both of these episodes were solid. Um, and again, the all I'm going to say is if I, I laughed so hard at an assimilated clarinet. <laughs> but I mean the the Voyager references were really funny and 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 the second one well, like I said just some the stuff with all the there I don't know I caught a lot of Seinfeld references with the the, the room outside the the red light the oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and stuff like that it's the show it's a lot like you said it's just a lot of fun it's people that love Star Trek and they're just having fun. I also love that it's in canon, but yeah. it's also just silly and it doesn't, you know, it makes fun of Star Trek. Yeah. And, and, and the fandom and everything. Right. And uh, I like the little throwaway line about, you know, that thing with Captain Pike that we can't talk about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's not often that you get kind of a, a, a gift uh, when you really love a show and it ends. Um, but we got to visit Raylan Givens again 
in Justified City of Primeval, which apparently, Glenn, you're telling me it's based off of a book that was not with Raylan Givens. Right. It's an Elmore Leonard novel, but it was not a um, a Raylan Givens novel. It was a novel about, um, who's the character that was in Out of Sight? Um, I can't think of his name. He was in it too, um. Anyway, um, Raymond Cruz was the character's name. He was played by Paul Calderon. Um, he was the main character in the book, but they adapted it to make it a, a Raylan Givens look. And apparently we could thank Quentin Tarantino for this, because apparently when Timothy Oliphant was filming his scenes in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he was taught, Quentin Tarantino went and told him that he thought Justified was one of the, like the ten best shows of all time. And he's like, you know, y'all, the way that y'all did that show, y'all could totally just grab any Elmore Leonard book and, like, just do a little mini series, and Timothy Oliphant's like, "Yeah, let's do that." So, but this was City Primeval. So, did we all, all three of us watch them? Yeah, the whole thing. Yep, because it was an eight episode. Yeah, mini series. Um, so the big concern out of the gate is that we get Raylan back, but a lot of the other characters you're, you're not getting. Correct. And I was worried about that at first, uh, but I don't think that I needed to because. They give him a good foil. They do. Um, in in a different a different way. It's it. So the the character, uh, Clement. Clement. Uh, he is similar to Boyd, but vastly different in several ways. Um, he, he likes to sing. He does, particularly yeah. Beach Boys. <laughs> and he likes to wear tank tops and walk around in tidy whites <laughs> and kimonos. <laughs> um, yeah, like this this the show. I, I the beginning of it sort of setting up the, the, the playthrough for the whole series, um, it took a little bit for me to kind of commit to. And I think, you know, by the end of the series, when everything kind of comes together, the only issue I had with the last episode was it almost felt like they resolved everything in the middle. I'm like, well, why are they resolving this? And then you kind of find out what, towards the end. Yeah, what their plan was. And, oh, boy, was I happy. Oh, me too. Me too. But... um. No, this was. I thought this was fun just because the character of Raylan, the way that Timothy Oliphant played it. I mean, he played it a little differently because a lot of time has passed since Justified ended. But I mean, it was almost like the same thing, the fish out of water from the earlier seasons of Justified, where Raylan left. My, uh, he was in Miami, I think, and then yeah. he went, he went home to Harlan County, Kentucky, and now he's back in Florida at the beginning of this, and he just ends up in this. A lot of drama in in Detroit with the a lot Detroit. of Albanians. Those Albanians, you don't mess with those Albanians, man. Um, that kind of freaked me out. That stuff with them pulling the poor girl's teeth out. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I I really like this. Yeah, I, I really that? enjoyed it. I thought, and I thought Boyd Holbrook was awesome in it, and he he kind of continues to be awesome and stuff. He's, I don't. I I can't recall a thing that he's been in that I didn't like. He's great in Sandman. Mm-hmm. Um. Narcos. Not, I, mean, well, was, I didn't see him in Narcos. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, that was the, the first thing that, like, Ron and I always talk about Pedro Pascal. I mean, Narcos, when it started, it's Pedro Pascal and Boyd Holbrook. They're the two main characters. And, I mean, what do you have to say about Boyd Holbrook? I mean, he's, yeah, he's amazing. <laughs> I mean, he's a villain in Logan. Yeah. He was a villain in Logan. Um, I feel like he was maybe a little wasted in Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, but, I mean, that yeah. might have just been that he wanted to be in the movie and they let him be in the movie in a part that was available. I still haven't okay. seen that. When's it coming to Disney? I'm not sure. It just came on VOD. Oh, so, so it'll, it'll be, it'll be month, soon. Month and yeah, okay. yeah. But then again, like the director of Dial of Destiny is also the one that did Logan, so it could have just been like an Easter egg, like yeah. how 
you know, Christopher Nolan used to, yeah. put, used to put Michael Caine and everything. Yeah, and uh, Greg Gun- Grunberg and uh, all that. And, yeah. Um, I love the character of Sweetie. And yeah. Sweetie was really good. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, all the characters were really – Keith David's uh, appearance oh, yeah. in the show, always always a joy. And even, like, the Detroit Cops. It's yeah. A, it's an interesting little group, and I think it kind of – it flips things a little bit on its head because we're used to, to railing working with – People who were kind of like him, right. I think back to his, his, you know, the people on that he grew in the up, office in Kentucky that grew up in similar the similar circumstances. And yeah. it was good to have him ha- be with people who he didn't quite get their rhythm. Right. And the one thing that I will give the it, plenty of credit to, we mentioned the movie Out of Sight, and Out of Sight's about you know Jennifer Lopez plays a marshal that goes up from Florida to Detroit, and the way the Detroit crime scene is portrayed in City Primeval. It's very believable that it's the same crime scene that was portrayed in Out of Sight. Like, the, the, some of the characters were very similar. Mm-hmm. So, um, this show was just so much fun. And some of these actors, like, they can't deliver... Di- no one else can deliver dialogue like this and make it work. No. Like the- I, I, look, I'd say the same thing. Like, that's what made Justified so good. And there are actors like that. Like, I, you know, I, there, I, I'll bring up the example of Bill Cosby. But, like, he, things that he said were not... If anyone else said them, they wouldn't have been funny. Um, there are people, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Timothy Oliphant's pretty much the only one that could give a line like, "I've only been up here a week and a half, and it certainly has given me pause." Well, I mean, make I, it sound I, cool. Deadwood, I think of Al yeah. Swearingen. Yeah. But um, I think it's all available now. It's on Hulu and on FX. So um, it's only eight episodes. So. If you want to watch a cool crime show, definitely check out Justified City Primeval. And definitely. And if you just want to watch an amazing show, What We Do in the Shadows just ended its fifth season? I believe so. I would argue this is the best season. I, I don't Maybe disagree since with season you. one. Um, so don't say if you want to live long, Ryan. They have no use for you or something. Man. So the whole thing from the very beginning was Guillermo wanting to become a vampire. And... I love shows where the characters don't seem to give a shit about each other, and the whole time you're th- like for five seasons you're thinking Nandor just refuses to turn Guillermo just because he's Nandor and he just only thinks about himself, and then you get a couple moments in the finale when you realize he actually really has always cared about Guillermo, which was some just because there's some hidden heart that I wasn't expecting from the show. And you get that you got that a lot with with in the last season with uh, Laszlo and Colin Robinson. Yeah, but I wasn't expecting it the way they did it in this one. I'd even argue with with Laszlo and Guillermo. I, yeah, I think like that, that the, the that, characters are play, pretending right. that they don't care. Yeah, and, that's their dysfunction. And they even had the stuff the, the one episode with Nadja and Guillermo. I mean, when, yeah, when like, he went to the hospital, I, I find it funny yeah. that like when he went into hiding, every single one of them went to go visit him except the one who was looking for him. <laughs> <laughs> I am. You will come back here, Panera bread. <laughs> you know they got more than one Panera bread. <laughs> that was a, by the way that cameo. <laughs> oh man, that, that show's had the best cameos, and I love the fact that when he ran into that guy, he asked him, "Do you know John Slattery?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god what we do in the shadows might be the best show I think uh, comedy show on TV right now I agree I, I, I'd say ar- I'd argue for best show currently on television too like it, it's it's up there like I can't miss it yeah it comes on I have to watch it I don't fall behind it. yeah that's one of the show I don't fall behind that should say something nowadays with the way you can stream stuff you know I, I'm at least a day or two days after and, and I'll say like 
this is one of the shows too where I wish there were more episodes per season. Give me like three more, and I guess I'll mm-hmm. be happy. But uh, I'm glad that the quality doesn't dip as a result. But I just like, you know, John and I had seen the movie um, before the series came out, and I remember the gap in between. Uh, I've never seen the movie. Is it? You should watch the it. Same characters? No. Okay. That's what we were Zealand. worried about. It's all in New Zealand. Oh, okay. With New Zealand vampires. And so, like, when we, they said they were going to do one, I'm like, I don't know about this. What are they going to... And it following a different set of vampires uh, is is really kind of funny. And it okay. keeping that same kind of heart. Like, I just love the idea that they, they've gone to Staten Island and they, they're supposed to have conquered it. Didn't the vampires from the movie appear in the show? I was about though? to ask. Yes. Yeah, in, the, in that episode where it was the Jermaine Clement and all there, not the council, but the, the episode where they... They like lured them all to some kind of was some kind of event or something, and then it was basically like a trial for all of them. Oh yeah, no, no, no! That was the first episode, the Vampire Council at the end. Is that the one? Yeah, the one Clement was in that one too. That's the one where Paul Rubens was in that one, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, the one with with Wesley Snipes and yeah, all of them. Yeah, yeah, him and Tagliati. Well, they had two episodes with the council, right? I think so. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, Jermaine Clements, it's it's his his vampire character. And Taika Waititi's vampire character, and like their roommates. Yeah, his, his yeah. character is it, he based it off of Gary Oldman's performance in Bram Stoker's Dracula, and it's the best line is when they're talking about why they like virgin blood. <laughs> He's like, "I just look at it as if you were to have someone make a sandwich for you, you would prefer if no one had fucked it." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And there's um, I where the, where the and they have, a pack, they have a pack of werewolves, and it, it's uh, I own it. No, I mean streaming. That, that reminds me of something. I'll get to that later for John. But and then, uh, yeah, there's there's a pack of werewolves in the movie too, and it's uh, what's what's the guy's name that's in Oh, uh, Murray. Uh, he's Murray yeah. in Concords. I can't remember his. Uh, oh, Reese Darby. Reese Darby. Yeah, and he's they they kind of you know come up. We're, to the we're werewolves, not swearwolves. One of them like yells something. Yeah, and he's like, "What are we? We're werewolves, not swearwolves." <laughs> yeah, I, I think you should give it a watch. Yeah, this show like. Uh, I, I got a friend at work into it, and he he's like flown through yeah. like two seasons of it, and he he's like, oh my god, it's so good. He's like, I think my favorite character. I'm like, it'll change from episode to episode, mm-hmm. uh, but it, you start comparing people that you know to pe- vampires on the show. Like, how many people know a Colin Robinson? I think that's the whole point of the energy vampires. Mm-hmm. They're everywhere. And I feel like when the show first started, I might say Nandor was my least favorite character, and now he might be my favorite character. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's hard to beat Laszlo. Laszlo, I think, has kind of always been my favorite character. You mean Nandor De Laurentiis? <laughs> Nandor De Laurentiis. I, I think my favorite... Laszlo, like this season, here's my one drawback to this season. There wasn't any story centered around Laszlo. He was just sort of like a sub-character to storylines. But, arguably, one of my favorite moments in this entire se- season was when they thought Laszlo was depressed <laughs> because he wouldn't answer anyone. And it turns out, what was he? He was just staring. He was the... trying to figure out how to organize his book. That's all yeah. he was doing for an entire episode, and they all thought he had, like, snapped and lost his mind. It was the one with the, uh, the roast. Yes. Yes, yes, very good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> what a great show. Well, if you've been listening to this episode, you know that we've run a little bit long. So what we're going to do before we say goodbye for this week and then come back next week to do uh, motion pictures for you, is we're going to talk about the people that we lost because it's a little bit more relevant. Um, and there's been a couple of them, uh, one of which kind of, I, I know how much it shook John, but uh, Jimmy Buffett himself has yeah. passed away. 
of skin cancer, I believe. Yeah. Was that what it was? Yeah, yeah it was. Wow. A rare type of skin cancer. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, that was rough, yeah. I mean, I, I grew up listening to Jimmy Buffett. My dad actually went to college with Jimmy Buffett for a little bit. And, really? Yeah. And, yeah. Um, I remember when, was, yeah, when your dad friends, brought, up, were, brought out his yearbook. Yeah, they were like, they were kind of friends through like a mutual friend, but they was in, um, they went to, um, I think it was Southern Miss they went to. My dad went to like three different colleges. He kept moving around. And um, a lot of the time, they when they came back to New Orleans, Jimmy Buffett was from Mobile, but he didn't want to go home. They they would just bring him home and just drop him off. He would have to just get dropped off in the French Quarter with his guitar. And he play and they pick him up at the end of the weekend and go back to school. Yeah, a lot of people have been talking about this uh, since it happened and, and memorializing it. But one of the things that I kind of learned from all this is that he wasn't – like he became a billionaire, but not because of really the – the music so much as like the merchandising. Oh, he, oh, yeah. He definitely knew how to brand himself. Yeah. And then a lot of it was investment. Like he apparently had invested in uh, Berkshire Hathaway way back when. And like each share of Berkshire Hathaway is like 500K or something ridiculous. Yeah. But I mean the Margaritaville brand. Not just yeah. The song. yeah, it's expanded to the resorts and everything. It's and got retirement homes now. Yeah. Isn't there something really? Lulu's? Yeah. That's his, his sister. His sister's Lucy Buffett. So Lulu's is a spinoff. And there's not many of those restaurants, but they're pretty awesome. Right, so, um, but yeah, don't Jimmy. My favorite story about Jimmy Buffett was when they wanted to use a Margaritaville in Jurassic World. They apparently approached him and asked permission to use his restaurant in Jurassic World, and his response was pretty much, "I have no problem with that, only on one condition: I want to get killed by a pterodactyl." So, if you watch that movie when the pterodactyls attack, you see one dude grab two margaritas and take off running. That's Jimmy Buffett. That gets, I didn't know that. Yeah. And when you're, like, looking for it, it's pretty obvious when it happens. Yeah. Um, the next person that we have to say goodbye to is Bob Barker, uh, who passed away of, of Alzheimer's, actually, which is very sad. I want to apologize for the fact that I thought he was already dead. That, I mean, on, he that was out of the public. Uh, to, for, for me, that was Tony Bennett. Like, I thought Tony Bennett had already passed away, but he also, like, oh, not recently, but, like, yeah. had passed away of Alzheimer's, so... Yeah, sometimes, like you say, and get kind of, I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't realize. But it's because he's been sick for so long. Yeah. And, I mean, Drew Carey's been doing Prices right now for yeah. a, a while. I know, right? right? It's been it's a been long time. It's been at least 10 years, time. I think, since he's been doing it, at least. Yeah, but, um, I mean, how many days home when you were sick from that school? That was the, yeah. yeah. That was the show. That was you know, watching Prices Right. Because it came on mid-morning, so it was like, mm-hmm. even if you, like, got off half a day of school, you never got to see it unless you were not at school on a weekday for some reason. Right. And if it was just a holiday, you were outside playing or doing whatever you weren't. That's that like the summer was typically. I got to see things I didn't see. Yeah. Right. And you know, Price is Right was one of them. And I always used to be like, oh, you know, if I would have been on there, I would have got. My favorite thing about How I Met Your Mother is the episode of uh, of that show when Barney is convinced that Bob Barker is his actual dad. <laughs> so he goes on the show and like literally guesses the exact price of every single product. <laughs> Aaron Paul was as a contestant on The Price is Right. Oh. I think he won a toaster. Good for him. I think his appearance in Happy Gilmore is really solidified his legacy. Oh, yeah. And didn't he do another video, like a some sort of a video with Adam Sandler later? Like one of them was in the hospital or something. But, um, yeah, he was, I mean, he was a legend. I mean, so get, yeah. get your dogs. And he cats did, years ago, um, the WWE used to do this thing where with their episodes of Monday Night Raw where they would have a host. And they don't do it anymore, but Bob Barker was a host for one episode. And like the running gag to the entire episode was that all the wrestlers were afraid of him. They they would like he would they would get in their face, his face, and Bob Barker would make them all back down. And it was just it was quite hilarious. 
Yeah, it was funny, like, talking about, like, holidays in the summer, but on Labor Day, we were home, and I'm like, oh, let me put on The Price is Right, and on Labor Day, I guess they figured a lot of people would be watching it. The whole thing was a tribute to Bob Barker, where they had a lot of old clips, and Drew Carey came out and talked about it and everything, so, you know, passing of a legend, but... I I mean, I remember when Rod Roddy passed away, Uh, and that that, that was, I mean, yeah, those two were a real big part of my childhood. Yeah, he was 99, so... And you could say the joke because I'm sure Bob Barker would laugh. Well, I, I, so I, I, I did the joke. I'm sure he would laugh at it. That's I, I think it was kind of funny. Um, whenever something like like you know a, a tragedy happens or whatever, you I, like I try to find humor in it just because it helps me process it. And um, you know, one of the people on this list had passed away, and I messaged a friend who I know has a dark sense of humor, and I told a joke to him, and I'm like, hopefully I'm not over the line. He goes, absolutely not. That this is how we process grief, and he's like, you got to be able to to well, say un- like things that are uncomfortable. Um, but no, like yeah, he he was ninety nine. He he was the closest to a hundred without going over. Yeah, he won. Yeah, he won. He won prices. Yeah. He had arguably the greatest gig a guy could fucking have for his entire career. I mean, don't you want to spin the wheel? I mean, the amount of money he had just to talk to and fucking play idiots. Plinko, I want my game to be yeah. Plinko. Oh, Plinko. I used to like the the whole the golf one. I like the one where the little German guy with the oh, Matterhorn. Go up the hill. Yeah. <laughs> It was very stressful for me because that little fucker got closer to the edge. I was like, "God damn it, stop moving!" But do you ever watch the show, like when you see an episode of it, and someone guesses a stupid like number for a thing? Like it's it's either way too low or way too. The high. funny like, thing about that show, you could be a moron. Just look to the crowd; they're all telling you what to say. Which that documentary? Remember the perfect bid? Oh, that, said that was they, a great documentary yeah, where they talked about they encouraged the audience to help along, but um. Um, the last person we have to talk about is uh, Steve Harwell of uh, the band Smash Mouth. He was the founder of the band and the lead singer for most of its tenure. I mean, I think he left three or four years ago because of health reasons. But uh, I mean, is there more '90s band than Smash Mouth? Uh, well, uh, I mean, it's kind of funny. Like, I remember like how big of a song All Star was. Oh God. <laughs> and then Shrek, Shrek made it Shrek, bigger. It, it was big, and it played out before it was in Shrek, and then it went to well, another level. It, Mystery Men. Yeah. Arguably the most played out song of all time. And did they do the I'm a Believer's um, yeah. mm-hmm. cover, too? For... That was also in Shrek. Yeah. Yeah, at the end. Yeah. They did, um, was it the I Can't Get Enough of You, Baby, that was in... Um, oh, was it... Can't, it was in Can't, can't Only Wait. And, and General View was in the video. Right. Back when music videos were on MTV. Yeah, because yeah, music videos are these little like movies that we would play with <laughs> songs. You can still find them on YouTube, I believe, and uh, but they used to come on the actual television. Mm. In fact, what is it, the point of them now if they're just on YouTube? Like, uh, okay, I think MTV has like you know the two AM to three AM hour when they they'll, play they'll music have videos. like yeah, so everyone yeah, will well, see them. I've come across like. It'll have like an hour of 90s videos or 80s videos. And I mean, we, we make fun of MTV. VH1 just shows movies now. They don't even, yeah. like, they've even gone away from videos. But I mean, MTV oh, was there, music, that's the video. Was video music hit television. One. Yeah. And they don't have music anymore. They just have reality. Have you guys heard the sequel to um, We Didn't Start the Fire I by did. Fall Out Boy? It's good, I think. The only problem I have with it is they don't go in order. Like Billy, Billy, Joel, Billy went, Joel went in order. He did go in order. Like, decades-wise. Because, in fact, I remember my dad was a big Billy Joel fan, as was I. But, I mean, if you open up the liner notes, it had the lyrics in the, the decades. decades yeah. yeah. So that's my only problem with it. It's, it's really clever and it's well-written, but I just wish they had went in order. But they mentioned something in that song about YouTube killing MTV, yeah. which I don't really know if YouTube really did that. But, but, but now, uh, but yeah, 
but he was really young too. This the singer for Smash Mouth. Yeah, fifty six, I think. Yeah, yeah. It was liver failure. He, he he died. So I saw there was a post that Joey Fatone had made from uh, you know, from Insync. Apparently, they were friends, and he I think they they toured together at one point. And he was uh, Steve Harwell was the the singer at Joey Fatone's wedding. And he kind of he didn't say exactly what it was, but he said you know this is kind of a life lesson. Everybody like you know don't take your life for granted and like, take care of yourself kind of thing because he just. He lived hard for many years, and yeah, yeah and that's that's where he ended up. Yep, that's a shame. So yeah. rest in peace to Jimmy Buffett, Bob Barker, and Steve Harwell. Um, and we're gonna part ways with you here, and we'll be back next week to talk about the films we would have talked about this week. This has been Greg, Ryan, John, Glenn. We will see you next week.